Hi, this is Jeff Gober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. Well, after the first day of the new year, what are we to learn about the Disney parks at Walt Disney World? We walk through a day at Epcot to discover how things, big and small, great and stupid, all come together to one total experience. Genie Plus pays a big role here. Parking lots played no role. But we do talk about the return of the train over the Magic Kingdom, even though it has nothing to do with Epcot. And by the way, would you wait four hours to see Harmonious? Well, come join me as I discuss that experience and the insights we glean along the way. It's a new day on the first day after the new year at Epcot. Be sure to check out Disney at Play um, dot com to subscribe there and to make sure that you're notified of upcoming podcasts as they come along. Well, for me, as an annual pass holder, it's been two weeks since visiting holidays. I know I'm getting no, no um, uh, empathy from so many of you uh, somewhere very, very cold up north. I had been up in New York and then up in Maine where it was very freezing and very snowy beautiful but snowy and uh and then came back here to enjoy the holidays here in florida but without the parks you know it really from my tier to the top tier it is a 400 dollars difference and if i were going to go see things during christmas i might as well just buy a 200 dollars ticket and go see them than to go and pay an additional 400 on my annual pass um, so, and by the way, if you have to pay the same amount on all your family's annual pass, otherwise you're kind of going there alone and everybody else is sitting at home enjoying Christmas while you're at Disney. So it doesn't really work out to do that type of annual pass for me. And, but it does make me miss the parks and that's not a bad thing. So with two weeks since visiting the holidays, I was smart enough to think, oh, okay, I better make some park reservations a, a few weeks out. Because what happens is all the other annual pass holders, they go to the park as much as they can before they're blocked out. And then they realize halfway through the blockout, oh, when are we going back? Oh, we got to make a reservation. And then all of a sudden, all the uh, available days, particularly in the first week, are just blocked out. So fortunately, I had been smart enough to make some reservations for that week before everything got blocked out. Couldn't change anything at that point, but I could make... Uh, but I did make reservations far in advance. And one of those reservations I made was remembering to um, set my alarm at 6.55 so I could make reservations for Guardians of the Galaxy. And it made me think as I was going through that, I, ma I managed to get group 29, so I did a very good job of that. Um, and um, there was a couple of things that came to mind as I thought through this process, one of which is I thought back to when we were doing Rise of the Resistance. I wish I was so good at making a reservation using my Apple Watch and everything to time everything perfectly. And back then you actually, uh, back then you couldn't set your family or who was in the party until you went to do it. And that all reserved. But thinking if I could use the... Um, virtual reservation system for rise of the resistance oh my goodness i could have gone on that a bazillion times if if it had the features it has now the second thing i was thinking about 
as it related to um, making these virtual reservations and thinking about extended lightning lanes and so forth, originally the parks all had two attractions that were individual lightning lanes. And I think that management decided to go down to one attraction with an individual lightning lane because I think people were saying, well, the two big things you have to pay extra, we might as well not even bother doing Genie Plus. And I think they wanted to get more people on board to the Genie Plus portion where you um, would, for instance, do Space Mountain and Haunted Mansion and Thunder Mountain and so forth. Well, actually, Space Mountain, I meant Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain and Haunted Mansion Pirates. And then there would be two extended lightning lanes, one for Space Mountain and Seven Dwarfs. In truth, the extended lightning lane for Space Mountain was never really used very much. It was used extensively on other attractions in other parks, but but um, but Seven Dwarfs was always popular. Now, here's the implication. Here's what came to mind is we're just a couple of months away from Tron taking over the park for all intents and purposes. And so I'm thinking about this and thinking, okay, clearly they're going to move that virtu- that extended lightning lane to to Tron. Will they also move the virtual queue possibility from Guardians of the Galaxy over to Tron to help uh, make that work? I hope so, because that's going to make it so much easier for people to get to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they manage that. But I assume that what we saw for Guardians of the Galaxy will play out for, uh, for the, um, uh, for the Tron light cycle run and that there will be both an extended lightning lane and also a virtual queue for that attraction. And so what are the implications, I wonder, for, for the Seven Dwarfs? That obviously will probably go back into the fast pass um but is is it going to be like the most popular fast pass plus option in the same way that slinky dog is the most famous fast pass plus option it'll be interesting so we have to kind of wait and see how that all falls through as we as we get closer to the opening of tron now so i've made reservations for the park i've made reservations for guardians of the galaxy I, my plan was to pick up my daughter after she got off work and head over there around 2.30. I am seeing messages from WDW today saying that the parks are overwhelmed. So I'm already getting the flag and thinking, okay, it's the end of the holiday period, but is it the end of the holiday as tourists see it? Because because New Year's fell on a Sunday, a lot of people are still getting Mondays off. And so they're taking that time. And so I think there's still an extended group of people on uh, on holiday coming down to enjoy the parks. At the same time, they freed up on Monday the ability for annual pass holders to go back in and, and book um, their returns to the park, their annual passes to the park. I think this was a convert. You'd think with all the years of this, Disney would have the institutional knowledge to know what happens on these days. And yet things are so crazy that this was a perfect convergence of chaos, or at least 
for the most part, it seemed like that. Certainly, it seemed like that when we arrived at Epcot because we were getting parked way in the back of what is Create. Now, if I am if I am facing Spaceship Earth in the parking lot, then you will know that um, there are four parking sections in that area just right in front of Spaceship Earth. Journey and Amaze are the two closest. Journey usually handles those guests who are willing to pay 40 or 45 or whatever they're charging now for premium parking. Amaze usually handles most of the guests with wheelchairs and so forth. So it's after the um, the little stream, the little uh, canal that runs through that you get most of the parking done on most days and that's discover and create. Um, what's interesting is I'm, I'm being thrown to the very far back corner of create. I mean, I'm in a parallel parking space. That's how far back I am in the very back corner of create, which of the four corners of the four lots, that's about as far back as you can get. Discover corner is even a little further back, but this is way far back. The challenge is, or the curious thing was, is that you have also the Explore, Imagine, and Wonder lots. These are, if you are, um, if you are facing Spaceship Earth, these are on the far left. And what they had done, apparently, I cannot believe they did this too, but what they had done apparently early that morning is that they had, they must have parked the guests who were first arriving that day in the Explore parking lot, which is one of the furthest parking lots away. And then, and I have a feeling they may have done this over the entire holiday period. And then, of course, you know, they're giving you the option of, you know, having, uh, paying extra to be in Journey. And boy, does it look appealing, especially because, you know, a lot of these guests who show up first thing in the morning and explore, they're probably wanting to go back to their hotels midday, you know, get it, get it, take a rest and then come back, you know, hit the pool or whatever. But now we've created what is really a massive distance to it is it is about as far distant from the corner of back corner of explorer to spaceship earth itself and from spaceship earth to american adventure um as the crow flies that's how far uh this 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 lot corner is and i gotta tell you and and then to add insult to injury a couple of weeks ago all of a sudden they've put up these signs for trams uh, for, and where trams are, are, because there really are two tram boarding areas. One cover those first four, and the other covers these three that are on the far left as you enter Spaceship Earth. Now, I have to admit that most of the time, they're, they only fill up, I mean, about 85, 90% of the time, they only fill up the first four. They never take care, they never start filling up the far left. Sometimes they'll put um, some cast members in that corner, but they don't usually fill up with guests in that corner. And I will tell you, if you remember back before COVID, 80% of the day, they went 
and used a tram for those four lots, they used only one tram. And so if you were looking to take the tram out to the parking space, uh, back out to your car, you were waiting easily a good 20 minutes if the tram was just leaving and going back out to let off people and pick up other people and bring them back. 20 minutes, which is, I mean, 20 minutes, you can, well, in 10 minutes, you can walk to any point that the tram drops off. The real walk in the tram, it, well, the real walk in a parking lot at Epcot is not the distance out to your lane. It's the distance your car is in that lane. And some Times you can go a long way to get to the end of a lot like discover or create. I mean, I truly believe that the earth, you can see the curvature of the earth as you walk through the discover lot. But but it, that's poor parking design to begin with that goes back 40 years. I can deal with all of that. I can deal with not having a tram go up the center. But for you to have guests in the explore parking lot, and you not to provide a tram is basically sticking it to people. And I don't try to get upset very often on this podcast, but I cannot believe how really disappointing it is that you parked people. And I, I was out in the middle of Crete. I wouldn't have minded a, a good parking, a t- parking tram out there as well. But but for you to have parked people out in Explore and not to provide a tram is, is truly amazing. And by the way, Imagine, which is closer to Spaceship Earth on those three far left, that Imagine space was pretty well taken over for preparations for the marathon. So you, you could have at least parked them closer in, in that lot. No, you have to make the marathon happen there and throw everybody else out into the far part. To me, now, I don't know why they would put the effort. First of all, they made made a promise. We're going to open all the trams back up by the end of the year. That only happened with two parks, Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. And they needed it most. But um, this was one of those days you needed to have trams running at Epcot. And I imagine the rest of the holiday season, you needed trams running in that back corner of Epcot. It is a very disappointing thing that they have done this. And then they put up signs and then they not only failed to use trams, they put their first people of the day in the furthest corner of the lot. I I cannot imagine how you can see yourself as a service-friendly organization when you do that. So by the time by the time I've gotten to the front of the park, I have processed that over and over and am not a happy camper. Not so much for myself, but watching so many people who had to go walk all the way back to that far corner of the lot. Then you get inside the park and it doesn't get a whole lot better right up front. There's a 45-minute standby at Spaceship Earth. And, um, and my, my wife and my autistic son, uh, had already gone ahead and she said, there's a 45 minute lane. I said, well, go ahead and use your DAS pass to get in a little sooner on spaceship earth. And then when we get in the park, we'll do a DAS pass for frozen, which our son wanted to do as well. I'll come back to frozen soon enough. But when we got in the park, they were already in that heading into Spaceship Earth. So I thought, yeah, I hadn't really had any lunch. 
So I thought I'd go find a snack or something. Nothing looked interesting at Starbucks, and I connections was just too much of a commitment. So I thought, well, probably some of these holiday kiosks ought to be open. No, no, none of the holiday kiosks are open. Now, mind you, you have to end the holiday celebration at some point, but you missed it when they were still technically in the holiday period. And I cannot believe that that they just left money on the table by having not only all these kiosks closed, they also had had closed off Odyssey as, as well. And so there was, there was nothing in any of this that people could take advantage of. I think finally when I got around to getting something, I got a Diet Coke over at the... Um, at the gift shops close to World Showcase entrance, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what I did for for a snack. Um, but at any rate, um, while I'm I'm drinking my Diet Coke and I'm getting images from my daughter, who had gone off and done her own thing, and she said, "Have you seen this?" Well, seen this means images of a journey of water. Um, inspired by Moana or however, the journey of water inspired by Moana. She could see portions of it over the fence and she had captured images. Perhaps you saw that it was featured just last day or so on Good Morning America. Now, again, if you paid attention to my previous podcast, this is the head scratcher that is truly the head scratcher because on Good Morning America, they feature and they brag about this thing, but it's not coming until the end of 23. Who's, I mean, there are a couple of people who are booking trips, I guess, for the end of 23, but but by and large, people are booking their spring and summer. They're not booking a fall. And so I couldn't understand why they're making a hoop to do at about this. I should also mention that you're going to see a massive amount of disappointment over the hype of this attraction. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be shaded. Heaven knows we need more shade in that portion of the park. It's going to be tied to the themes of Epcot. I like it. I like the concept. But if you go back to the concept of ticket books at Disney, where you would have an A ticket, a B ticket, a C ticket, a D ticket, an E ticket, E tickets were the best of the best rides. In its heyday, that what meant Big Thunder. It meant Pirates of the Caribbean. It meant Haunted Mansion. If you were to apply an e-ticket today, you would say absolutely Guardians of the Galaxy, absolutely Test Track, absolutely Soren, absolutely Frozen or Ratatouille. The fact those would probably make your e-tickets at Epcot. One of the reasons why we don't have um, ticket books, one of the biggest reasons why we don't have ticket books. When this decision was made, which was 40 years ago, two things had occurred. A neighboring park to Disneyland had opened up called um, Magic Mountain. And Magic Mountain ran on the premise that one, uh, you, you, you bought in for $25 or some price like that, and you got to go on all of the rides. Any ride you wanted, you didn't need a ticket for it. You can go on one ride as many times as you wanted, that whole concept. And that concept really took off. At the same time, they were preparing to open Epcot a little over 40 years later. 
And the thing about Epcot that stands out separate from the Magic Kingdom, and Marty Sklar talks about this in his Imagineering book, is that these attractions were primarily paid for by major businesses, institutions, countries. And the problem is, is when a country has chosen to put up 80, 100, 100 plus million dollars, they think their ticket, their attraction ought to be an e-ticket. And it's not. And everything can't be an e-ticket. And if you went through things like interventions and, well, it wasn't interventions back then, it was the original Communicore, or, or other attractions like Impression de France, you don't have an e-ticket attraction. You have a B or a C, maybe a D. And that became a problem because everybody wanted a bigger label for their, a bigger ticket, higher ticket for the attraction that they have paid and invested on. And so they just kind of did away with tickets altogether. They were also doing that with Magic Kingdom Travel Company. I think that was what it was called back then. Any rate, long story short is that's how we have just one price. Well, where I'm trying to go with this is this. This is an A ticket. A. Might be even a complimentary ticket because there were some of those in them, like Circle Vision was a complimentary ticket at one point and... and um, Hall of Presidents was even a complimentary ticket. Certainly great moments with Mr. Lincoln. They were at times complimentary tickets. Well, um, this could be an A ticket or a complimentary ticket. I think people are going to fly through this in less than two minutes and take a couple of Instagram photos and say, what was this all about? It's still a great attraction and great parks need a tickets and B tickets and C ticket attractions as well as E ticket attractions. It can't all be E, but we've gotten in this, Genie Plus doesn't help it, gotten in this mindset that everything's got to be worth a, an expensive lightning lane. Um, and that's creating a dilemma. This is an antithesis to this. It's a wonderful little thing that's being built, but even, you know, the playing with water, I mean, can't we just all go over to Journey into Imagination to do that? Because there's some pretty good fountains out there that are still lasting after 40 years. So all of this is a little bit of, of I think people are in for um, disappointing uh, outcomes here. I'm just saying. There is one e-ticket attraction. Disney is now moving toward a one e-ticket attraction a year. Last year it was Guardians of the Galaxy. This year it will be Tron. Next year... It should be, if I'm correct, it should be Tiana's Adventure, I think is the next one. And then after that, I think this Moana Zootopia thing going on at Animal Kingdom or should be going on. I think some aspect of that is going to show up. But they're not going to do more than one e-ticket at a time. That's just how they are. And that's where this is going. So... Now, um, we left, my son wanted to take the Skyliner. That, to him, is a rider attraction. Would be a D-ticket if it were still at the Magic Kingdom because the Skyway was a D-ticket. Sometimes they used higher tickets to get to avoid people going on, too many people going on a ride. Because if you put it at a B or C, then they just say, oh yeah, we'll go use it for a B and C, and then you have a longer line. Long story short, it was a nice opportunity to take the Skyliner. It also gave me a view of the studios on the parking lot. Unlike Epcot's parking lot, which has really bulged out and maxed out, 
here's the studios much much bigger attendance than usual but in no ways maxed out like the studios used to be before um well right before covid i have just never seen a maxed out day at the studios in the parking lot so that makes me scratch my head and going is there are they controlling more of the annual pass holders? Because it's the annual pass holders that are parking more than Disney guests. It's still very full. In fact, my friend Brian um, was had taken his kids over to the studios, found there was a 60-minute wait for Star Tours, which, you know, there's usually never more than about a five-minute wait um, about 70% of the time at that attraction. And a 205-minute wait, 205-minute wait for Rise of the Resistance. Now, that's that's a flag right there. Because what Brian also noted is that the extended line didn't go out some way crazy place. It's just that the line that existed was going very slow. And why was it going very slow? Because a lot of people had taken out Genie Plus over the holidays. Let's face it, if you decided you're going to spend the kind of money you're going to to pay an extra premium to stay at the hotels and pay a premium to to buy tickets to the park because it's way up there this time of year, you might as well just go full throttle and buy your Genie Plus and buy your extended lightning lanes and do it all. You spent this much, you might as well spend more. And Disney thought that was what was going to create. And let me tell you, I think Disney has has made a bazillion dollars over the holidays over that idea. And I think that Genie Plus what played out very well. There, there, and you could see it. That's what the WDW Today um, article had focused on: is the length of standbys for attractions into the park. And, uh, and it was just playing out at different locations. Long waits, not because the line was long, but because the line was slow due to the percentage of people paying Genie Plus to get in. So it's all, it's all kind of configured that way. And it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting approach. It's allowed Disney to make a lot of money, but it also is killing you if you are going to Disney and you expect to see very many rides being in the um, extended lightning, extended, um, or in the standby line. By the way, Brian also uh, went over to the Magic Kingdom and took the time to go on the train and uh, the railroad. And that's, uh, that's exciting because it had just reopened at the Magic Kingdom after a four hour, four hour, four year uh, period in which it was not running because of construction on Tron. He said that he, trying to get onto the train station without having to wait too long for a train, went over to the Frontierland station to board there. He also said that two trains went by before he and his kids were able to get onto the train there at Frontierland. There were so many people wanting to ride the train that they all were in a very long uh, wait there. Thank goodness it's not Genie Plus over at the trains. But, um, but uh, and he said that, that uh, a lot of the little um, 
the Native American villages and the little um, scenes that you see along the way were all cleaned up. He said it's a little disappointing when you go through the tunnel. Uh, Tron, it seems longer than you might think it is. And you don't, other than a couple of windows, you don't really get a chance to just stare out of Tron. And so that's that's a little disappointing as well. But um, but at any rate, uh, the railroad is up and running and I look forward to being on it within the week um, as we head back to the Magic Kingdom. Now, for us, we headed back to the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Long story short, uh, you could not order online. The system for online mobile ordering was down. So I waited in a traditional queue to pay. Fortunately, when it opened up and I was able to scoot in there and not have to wait too long to make the order and got my uh, got some food for for the family and then um, headed over to see Donald. My son loves Donald Duck. We've talked about this in other podcasts. And so we're heading over to Donald Duck. I notice that the the fountains are on on the harmonious barges and it's really quite lovely. It's really very pretty. And I thought about the fact that they had talked about doing a daytime show and how, while the it, it's very lovely, the fact of the matter is, is if what makes all the water effects and everything work on the barges is that you add music. But if they added music, they'd have to take out all the music along the entire World Showcase promenade. And... That would change the World Showcase experience. It's okay to do it at the end of the day. In the last half hour, they turn on the the, the pyro um, on all the torches and they kind of get people ready for it and they play a certain music throughout the entire World Showcase area. But to, but to take it out the whole day so you could play fountain water. It, it, I, I, I could see why they don't do um, water on the fountain. Now, I, all that said and done, um, well, let me just say that after a lovely experience with Donald, our son decided he wants to see Harmonious. And so he goes immediately to a place to stake it out there where he wants to watch. Actually, he was there at that place and then he moved about 40 feet over toward the, um, boat landing at, um, um, near refreshment port on the way to Canada. Now, I don't mind staking out a place for Harmonious, and I don't mind being the first to get there and waiting a little while. I like Harmonious, but would you wait four hours? Because it was actually five o'clock in the afternoon, and my son had come down with the impression that he needed to stay there and only there for the next four hours. And you know what? We supported him on that. And we ended up taking turns. Everybody kind of, my wife went off to get something to eat. Um, ended up realizing some friends of ours who used to live here, had moved out to Lubbock, Texas, had come back for the holidays. Um, so I went with um, the father and he took his sons over to Guardians of the Galaxy. They rode on Guardians of the Galaxy while we chatted in the little um uh, benches, the stone benches that are in that area of world discovery. Um, 
and had a wonderful visit. She's one of these brilliant people who have who has great insights, and it was a fun visit, and and uh, just in fact so fun that I realized after an hour and fifteen minutes, my wife calling saying I'm getting cold over here. I need to buy a jacket or something. Can you come back? And the kids hadn't gotten off, and I realized why hadn't they gotten off? Well, they hadn't gotten off because the Guardians of the Galaxy extended lightning lane had slowed down because we watched them there was no line outside of guardians um in the in the virtual queue it i mean it went very quickly they were inside but they were inside in a very slow queue getting to the coasters and then riding the coasters because so many people had bought the extended lightning lane like like we we discussed earlier with Rise of the Resistance over at the studios. This is a big issue. If you're going to make a commitment to go during peak holiday periods, make sure you go all the way because you're going to have to probably probably do the Genie Plus, probably do the Extended Lightning Lanes, and maybe even get a VIP tour guide. I don't know, but it's it is crazy, but that is a reality for what Disney has created over the most intense holiday periods. Because there are people who just only will go to the holiday. That's all they have free. And that's their time to go. So, any rate, long, long wait. Um, my wife eventually left with my daughter and they went home. I stayed with my son all the way till 9 o'clock. Ended up in a, in a conversation with a couple from Chicago. Now, this is a millennial-age couple. They've come every three, four years. Well, actually, they came in 20, um, just as the parks reopened and everybody was masked. And they kind of liked it because there were so few things, so few people, and it was easy to get on rides and attractions at the time. She's a big Disney fan, and he loves her, apparently. Uh, they had stayed at the Grand Floridian last time. They were staying at the Contemporary next time. They were talking about the Polynesian, or this time, Polynesian was for next time. Clearly, I said, you, to this guy, you are on your way to being a DVC owner in short order. And he laughed. And he said, yeah, I have emptied out my wallet on this trip. Um, it was just everything. But um, we talked about Disney. And, we, and, and he, we got into a conversation about Disney and, and its staying power and so forth. And and uh, he's in finance, and he said, I, I said, well, Disney's a great stock if you're a long-term investment holder. He said, well, that's what I tell my my clients. I mean, right now, it's it's in the $84, $83 range. And sure enough, I went home, and it Disney is at a very low price right now. It's a time to buy. But but it's a, a stock you want to buy for the long term. At any rate, um, it was interesting because they'd never seen... Uh, harmonious show so i was very interested to see their impression after they had gone on it and sure enough after having watched it with my son who held his little plush penguin and loved it he loves the scene with the horses in fact actually when i take him to school and back every day he takes my phone he looks up the harmonious show he plays the scene in mulan where it shows the horses then he plays the princess and the frog scene and he's done with the show any rate uh he loves harmonious but he's only been watching it we thought maybe it was because he didn't like the noise um but 
I asked him at the end. I said, "Do you want to you want to come back and see Harmonious?" And he said, "Yes." And uh, and we turned to our f- friends there at the table and said, "Well, did you enjoy it? Absolutely, totally worth it." So there we are. We walked back to our car somewhere um, <laughs> close to the campground because it's in the back of the crate zone. And uh, all the while, I'm thinking, you know. As crazy as this parking lot is, it really wasn't. And as crazy as waiting four hours, it was a really great, it was a really great day. And I uh, saw Marie Osmond had done candlelight celebration towards the end. And she then spent some time with her husband and and, uh, family in the parks. And she wrote, I've been blessed to spend the week with my family here at Walt Disney World. And um, after we finished the candlelight celebration at Epcot, I got to tell you, even at the craziest times of the year, it's still something to absolutely enjoy. For me, one of my next big things is to ride the railroad with my granddaughter who has not ridden the railroad at all, ever. And so I am so excited. There's a railroad poster. The Walt Disney World Railroad attraction poster sits next to my uh, to my chair in the family room. And there's another one of the Mark Twain uh, steamboat. Um, and she points the train. Yeah. You want to go to Cinderella Castle and see the train? Yes. Go see, go right on the boat. Yes. Go um, see It's a Small World. Yes. Go on Dumbo. Yes. And she puts her hand big up in the air to uh, to go on Dumbo. So so I look forward to that and uh, and look forward to all that awaits us in this new year. Now, a couple of things before we get finished here. If you haven't had a chance, if, you, if you're the kind who only does podcasts when you're going to and from work or you're at the gym or whatever, just know there's we kept podcasting over the holidays and you're, you may have missed some really great podcasts. We had three lessons, three critical business lessons from 2022 check that one out. We had the previous one, the last one we had talked about what big events are coming. Obviously Moana, obviously Tron, but a whole lot more are coming. And you should check that out. Earlier, I had done one to ask the question, is it too late to come for the 50th anniversary ending on March 31st? I answer that question and tell you all the things that are still possible as part of the 50th. So check that out. If you're still thinking of coming soon, check out that podcast. And for those of you who just love really uh, podcasts that kind of get into the, the Disney details, one of which I have is a focus on outdoor indoor restaurants. What that means are restaurants that actually look like they're outdoors, but they're indoors. Um, San Angel Inn is one of those over at Mexico at Epcot. The Beer Garden is another. The, uh, Blue Bayou restaurant. We cover all of them in all the restaurants worldwide and what makes them cool uh, as indoor dining experiences. And then uh, we also did a really cool one on imagineering transitions. This is part of an imagining series I'm starting. And this talks about the transitions from land to land. And I heard something the other day. I had never heard. I had heard that there was a wall at Disneyland and that wall had a mixed set of different kinds of bricks and it was intended 
to, in the words of the author, it was a brick wall where they were trying different styles to see which style Walt would like. That wall had been left ever since. That wall is on, is on Center Street on the right next to the lockers. I had never, I'd seen the wall many times. I'd never thought about the wall. Um, I learned, I, David Zanola happened to be out of Disneyland with his family right before Christmas. And, um, and so I said, David, go capture a picture of that wall. And he found a great article on it that actually says it wasn't about trying different brick styles. It might have been used as a transition wall when Disney was considering doing a, a land based on Liberty Square, um, very similar to the one at Walt Disney World, but one that would have been at Disneyland. And this would have been one of the entry exit points and that the wall kind of transitions to to a colonial style wall from a Main Street wall. So a very interesting thing. Well, we covered these kinds of transitions, several of them that are very cool throughout Walt Disney Parks worldwide. You're going to want to check out that podcast too. So take a look at that. And by the way, I mentioning David Zanola, Out the Door Travel. If you are looking at booking a trip, please, please, please spare yourself. Get a hold of David and talk to him about your trip and what you're coming. Looking at doing a cruise, I heard a friend of mine was looking to do a cruise on the um, the Wish. I'm telling you, you don't want to plan these things. With all the craziness that we've had over the last couple of years, the one thing you learn, even with Southwest, you watched the whole airplane. You, you watch the part of the trip has nothing to do with Disney where Southwest just gives up the ghost and decides not to be in business for a week. Um, when you see that kind of thing happen, you are going to want a travel agent. So that's where David comes in and you um, make sure you um, check him out. Also, make sure uh, if you have a chance to leave a positive review or rating on um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you do your podcasts, when you listen to your podcast, anything you can do is so appreciative. And also take a look at our Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society, and uh, see if maybe you don't want to check out that experience as well. So many things happening, and uh, it's a wonderful 2023 coming to us. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of this podcast. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.